It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays, bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape and mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people, thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. Good afternoon, KPFK listeners, and to those of you listening to our program on the web. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2011. I'm Sarah Harris. This month, here in the city, we'll be launching a new series on oil exploration and drilling right here in the middle of residential Los Angeles. It's called Air Check, Pollution and Petroleum from a Community Perspective, and it's complicated. It involves oil rigs in the middle of the city and CSD, the Community Standards District, AQMD, the Air Quality Management District, and the CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act. It involves multiple agencies and people. I welcome you to visit our website, hereinthecity.org, to get a taste of who we'll be hearing from in our upcoming reporting. But for now, I wanted to follow up on a story that we brought you last month. Liberians went to the polls today for a second round of voting in a runoff election for the country's president. On October 11th, President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf was challenged by Maine opposition Winston Tubman, and 14 other candidates for her seat. Mr. Tubman has contested the validity of the polling process and has called on his supporters to boycott today's elections. According to reports from Liberia this morning, at least five people were killed and many more injured in clashes with security forces. What does this have to do with Los Angeles? Well, there's a small but impactful group of Liberians in L.A. who are very much involved in and thinking about what this moment means for both of their home communities and for peace and reconciliation seven years after the end to a civil war that took the lives of over 200,000 people and left millions of others homeless. Last month, President Johnson, along with a young Yemeni journalist, was awarded the Nobel Prize for Peace. They share the distinction with Liberian activist Leima Gbowi. Ms. Gbowi is the founder of an organization called the Women of Liberia Mass Action for Peace and the author of Mighty Be Our Powers, How Sisterhood, Prayer, and Sex Changed a Nation at War. I sat down recently with three leaders and activists in the Liberian community in Los Angeles to talk about the implications of that honor. America, 
and we are here at the offices of Survivors Truths with the executive director, Dove Presnall, who is dedicated to, I will let you say it yourself. Well, Survivors Truths, um, what we do is we use media, photos, audio, video, to work directly with people affected by violence, discrimination, or marginalization. And then we use the media that, that's created by those folks with us in order to inform, inspire others, and create social change. And we are joined by two leaders and and active members of the Liberian community here in Los Angeles, Mr. Lorenzo Weeks, if I could introduce you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Again, the name is Lorenzo Weeks, and I I am the president for the Liberian Association here in Southern California. And uh, although we're a small community, we definitely are close-knit, and uh, we try to help our communities here in Southern California, as well as we have sister organizations in Northern California as well and throughout the uh, United States. We also like to help people back home. So our main goal as an organization is actually social work to help our folks uh, enjoy the way of life in America as well as in Liberia. Thank you. Um, It's also a pleasure to be here. My name is Ashford Somerville. I was born in Liberia, but I was actually raised in um, North America came here when I was 10 years old. And like uh, uh, Mr. Weeks said before, we're a very close-knit community. We're very involved in regards of youth and involvement and any kind of social change that can help the bettering of the group is what we focus on. So being born in Liberia and being raised in the United States, that was always key to my upbringing and also to my involvement in the Liberian community. Well, I wanted to start our conversation um, because here we are Today's broadcast is coming from Occupy Los Angeles in front of City Hall at a moment in the United States when the the 99%, the other 99% who does not hold the reins of economic power is actually saying, wait a second, we need to pay attention. We know it's there. It's been a long line of exploitation that leads to this moment in the United States. And I, for one, see a very clear connection to the history of your country, of Liberia, that circles back to the history of this country, which is the backs and blood and sweat and suffering upon which this country's economy was built from the beginning of its roots. And I was wondering if I could ask you to just speak to the history that Liberia has with the United States. The history of Liberia is that we were founded by free slaves from the United States. So uh, we have ancestors from the United States as well as from Africa. So that makes us unique to the United States because uh, uh, we've always looked at the United States as big brother, that they will be able to support us and we will be able to support the United States. We know that that the United States economy has been uh, uh, made on the backs of these uh, us African slaves. So now what we need to do is uh, uh, learn from all of what has transpired here in the United States with regards to uh, with regards to black people and how it affects the blacks outside of the United States. Today 
is the election in Liberia. Uh, it is also uh, a, a few days after the announcement of the awarding of the Nobel Prize for Peace, both to President Johnson Sirleaf of Liberia and to Leima Gbowi, who is an organizer and activist uh, in Liberia, who happened to be here uh, last Monday and speaking to, to people at the Los Angeles Public Library. So this is, um, I think, a unique opportunity to talk about that connection also of what, what does it mean uh, to have women who are leaders from your country as ambassadors to the whole world, but also have, having been here in Los Angeles, uh, specifically in the space, to, to come here as a visitor to be able to speak to people. I've been very honored, and I think is a reflection of our Liberian culture to the term is Oma, is always the woman of wisdom, a woman of wise person. And in our community, for myself speaking, my grandmother, Beatrice Twid, just won actually an award for community service in Grand Cru County. So it's something that is innate within our culture for us to respect our elders. And it's something very, very... Um, I, I can't even think of the word when I say civic, but it's something more monumental. So we feel that when women do speak, is something from the heart, is something from the soul, and it's something for the bettering of us all. And I'll ask Dove that question uh, from Survivor's Truth, but also you were, you were at uh, the interview at the Los Angeles Public Library. There was a moment in this, this discussion where the I think it was one of the audience uh, raised the question, how can we in Los Angeles or in the United States help uh, your efforts in Liberia? And her answer was, and we'll listen to it because I have the clip of the audio. People barely know about it. People there don't have food, they don't have water, they're getting bombing sorties every day. But we don't internalize that because this is not part of our community or in Iraq or in Afghanistan. So I guess I'm, I'm wondering, how does one create a larger world community where we care and we can wear white and we can object to these wars and we care about other people in other parts of the world? You know, I have come to a very cynical place when it comes to us versus them, the world, your world, my world. And your question is a good question. But your question can be answered in two ways. You first said you, in your community you see the wars. Open your eyes. In this community you will see the wars also. It's here. It's happening. As a stranger, I see it. And I think the connections between your world and my world, and I will cross that out and see the connections in our world, is our ability to move beyond. I want to help there. And start with, I want to help here. That's one. Libya, Egypt, Tunisia is not short of activists. What they are short of is resources. 
Liberia, Congo. The stories you've heard from Congo. I was in Congo. Congo is not short of activists. What they are short of is resources. This country has resources. What you are short of is activists. <laughs> well, that's, that's definitely true that uh, there is a wealth of, of resource here in the United States. Um, I guess once you can help yourself, I think her idea was once you can, you can help yourself, you better be able to help someone else that's in need. So maybe that's, that, that was her, her, her idea about the whole, the whole issue. Now, with regards to the, the, the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, it wasn't a surprise to me at all. Because uh, at a very young age, I actually realized that women, especially Liberian women, were very important people and powerful people in our culture, in our lives. And uh, I realized that at a young age, as I said, because uh, my grandmother grew up uh, in Liberia, of course, and she came to school and went to and got a master's from Columbia University. Went back home and opened her, her own uh, school, high school, elementary, junior high, high school. And uh, one thing that I noticed that made her uh, seem powerful to me is that as she walked in the halls of that school, you could hear a pin drop. And that, that's the respect that she, she, she earned by, being, by giving back and being an administrator. So uh, in that comparison, uh, when we go back to the, the, the two ladies, honorable ladies that got this Nobel Peace Prize, it, it actually shows that women have always been the source of our pride and joy in Africa as a whole. But, of course, because of, of society, most women do not get the recognition that they deserve, but now things are changing, as we can see. So it, it, it is a good thing. Thank you. And we will, um, on that note, remind ourselves also that uh, Ms. Bowie and President Johnson Sirleaf shared their Nobel Prize with a Yemeni journalist. Um, and I'll take a break here. This is Here in the City. I'm Sarah Harris. We're broadcasting live today from Occupy Los Angeles, and we are um, currently having a conversation with two members of the Liberian American community in Los Angeles and the executive director of Survivors Truths, who is very much involved in um, the Liberian community and stories of Liberians from the long war in that country. We'll be back. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego. And 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. And at kpfk.org, you can like us on Facebook. If you like. And visit us at our website, hereinthecity.org. And follow us on... 
Twitter. This is here in the city, and we're here at the offices of Survivor's Truths, which is housed in the church here in Los Feliz off of Prospect Avenue. What's the name of the church, Doug? It's Mount Hollywood Congregational Church. And they're, they're a very progressive church, and they make space available to nonprofit organizations and community groups. We're talking on the occasion of the Liberian elections and also um, on the occasion that two of the three Nobel Peace Prize winners are from the country of Liberia. Dove Presnell, the executive director of Survivor's Truth, you pointed out something. The reason for your connection with Liberia uh, and that you've sustained that here in Los Angeles and built more work in... Um, storytelling is the the therapeutic quality of being able to tell and to listen well yeah and and in liberia when i was in liberia i um i i noticed the importance of of more public sharing of stories and how how helpful and constructive that can be um and i started to really think about you know, the impact of the work we were trying to do. Everybody was there trying to help and started really looking at, well, how helpful are we being? And one thing that that stood out to me, and not just me, other people, this is a conversation that's happening now uh, in a lot of circles, is that, you know, when we go to help, what we hear and how we talk about other people in other places um, is generally deficit-based. We see what's going wrong. We see what's, what's not there. Um, and there's an assumption that as Westerners, we have the solutions or we have um, the best ideas of how to fix those problems. And that people in other places, the Middle East particularly, Africa particularly, should be more like us. Um, and then there's also kind of a, a, a sort of almost resentment about among some people about how much money and resources we do put in in these places. Um, like we're always helping everybody else out. Um, so Survivor's Truth is particularly happy about Lema and um, the other women, the president and the woman from Yemen, getting this award because this really challenges those assumptions that um, we, because at Survivor's Truth, we really recognize that localized knowledge is incredibly valuable and important and that um, we can all learn lessons from how other people have come through difficult circumstances. And so this Nobel Prize, Peace Prize this year really highlights what's coming out of these areas and what we can learn from them. And, and being that Occupy LA and, and these other, the Occupy Together um, activities that are going on all around the country are really building on the backs of, of peaceful resistance that's gone on in the past here. And um, Lima spoke very eloquently about, about peaceful activism and 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 peaceful resistance as a tool for social change. So I think we have a lot to learn from, from how peace came to Liberia and from how people are getting on with their lives there and how, how people are building a more just society. It's striking to listen to the stories um, of people who've survived the war in Liberia. Um, it's, it's striking and it, it resonates and the, the fact that people are able to and willing to and need to share those stories as a way toward justice and peace moving forward. Um, I wanted to ask Ashford Somerville if as an 
Liberian American if you see a connection between the legacy of that war in your country or your family's country and your country here in the United States. What happened in Liberia is something very common you find in most inner cities in the United States. Significant levels of poverty, disconnection with the overall structure of the economy. And with the conflict that happened in Liberia is very similar to what happened in most inner cities with the recruitment of young gang members or young people for deviant behaviors. Um, there's not so much a direct leadership in regards of doing something constructive, but a quick fix in regards to somewhat status by doing um, something you and I may think is something heinous, but for somebody living in that environment, it's a means of survival. So being from Liberia and living here now, just to make sure I answer the question, it's something you have to live and be in for you to truly understand how the disconnection or the survival of the people, um, what they had to do to survive. And I feel that we can, in, in an indirect way, fix what has happened in Liberia. But at some point, for us to really move forward, we really have to address the problem itself in regards of what's causing people to feel disconnected, what's causing people to not uh, feel they can be an pro- improvement of society, but more or less being a menace. You're bringing up uh, the point of disenfranchisement and the the root of the problem of um, especially young people who are pushed to the margins of society in some way that they're seeking something else out, uh, something more above themselves, something larger, which we all do. And so I wanted to ask you, Mr. Weeks, with relation to Liberia, could you speak to that? I, I think what Ashford uh, hit on was the fact that maybe the the, the turmoil that, that happened in Liberia uh, began for 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 some reason that is that is actually unbeknownst to to most 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 people in the outside of Liberia but uh for people who grew up in Liberia or who have some idea of of what what transpired we know that it started for political reasons but then it, it grew into something more than political reason. It got, it got into dispute between cultures and 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 disenfranchised people, and so on and so forth. So uh, definitely, uh, people, especially uh, young people, do need uh, something to do. They do need uh, uh, someone to love, and they do need someone to love them. And without Receiving that, I can see how they'll stray away, easily stray away, and 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 I think that affects everyone, regardless of which region you're from. You see, it happens in in every part of the world where, if you don't have the right directions, the right advice, and the right people backing you, you could slip into something that you shouldn't be into, and 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 cause havoc in society. 
And you'll also see the direct connection between many families um, where there's only one parent at home and who is working very hard to put food on the table and doesn't have the time and energy, the luxury of the time and energy to be able to be that guiding force um, in in the home space. And I loved, um, and you may... You may want to include the quote uh, because I won't do her justice, but when Lema was talking about this on Monday, she said that someone had asked her what she could do for Liberia or for Africa, and she challenged them to do something in their own community. And she said, you know those girls that walk up and down your street? Call one over. Ask how, ask how she is. Ask what she's doing. If you put me in a tiny community in this country, I'll give myself a year, and I would have created a community. <laughs> I went to EMU, and I'm not kidding you. When you learn to exist in a community, you cannot exist without a community. My sister died in June of 2006. I came back to school in the U.S., in August of 2006. She died when I was driving her to the hospital and I drove around with her body in the car for three hours and could not cry because I was looking for a place to put that body. I came back to school and determined that I will not live an isolated life. So the first thing I did was identify every African and there was not a single Liberian among those Africans. The next thing I did, those Africans were always hungry. My apartment always had food. A community had started. The next thing, the African-American men started coming. The Arabs came. And before you knew it, I was being called Big Mama or Mother of Peace. I used the resources that I saw in America to create my sense of community. To create a community is not difficult. I went to a talk the other day, and an old lady said to me, how do you? I said, ma'am, do you see those sassy girls passing up and down in your neighborhood as you sit on your porch? She said, yes, I see them. I said, those girls are going up and down because they are looking for you to recognize them. I said, just try it. Call one and say, I want you to be my friend. She will go and come, and I give you a space of three months. The stories that her mother will never hear, you will hear it. Let's start from here, and let's connect our world. How can we do that? How can, we use, how can you use your platform of activism here to influence the need for resources in Libya? There's so much to do here. There is so much to do here. There is so much. That was the voice of Liberian peace and human rights activist Leima Gbowi, who shares the Nobel Prize for Peace this year for her work in brokering a peace accord in her country after 14 years of brutal civil war. That's it for our show today. Tune in next week when we kick off our new series called Air Check 
on oil exploration in the middle of residential Los Angeles. Most people drive to the airport, they come down La Cienega, uh, and they see the oil fields and they're like, oh, look, I know where you are, the park. No, you live by the oil fields. I never, I haven't been down there in a long time. And that's it for here in the city today. Special thanks to Jesse Lerner, Luis Sierra Campos, Tandisizwe Shimurenga, Daniela Gerson, Sabiha Khan, Albert Chacon, Rachel Salmon, Will Coley, Holly Harper, Karen Ness, and to you, our listeners. We will be back next week with more radio realities from the urban landscape. Until then, you can find us on the web at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. I'm Sarah Harris. Signing off. To yapping on. When you go in and out, may you have peace and level and safe. Yes. Be safe. Peace.